With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everyone, and after a drawn out and boring break, the real stuff is back. Yes, gig pod return, and so do Celtic. So it's episode 133, and I'm Stevie, and I'm joined by Rizzo to discuss Celtic 2, Motherwell 1. Now it's a game that we actually did win, although going by the reactions to the match, you would never know that. Now we'll start with a major communication breakdown of the day, and it wasn't JJ and Joe Hart, but rather... Myself and you, John, we missed each other before the game, and I think you just knew it was going to be one of the days after that. Hey, hello, everybody. Hi, Stevie. I, uh, that just summed the day up. We managed to miss each other because I ended up walking from a Gale Street to the game, and by the time I got to Parkhead, you had already went in. So these things happen, and it was just one of the days at Celtic Park. Just, just a relief that we won, really. And John, just for the listeners as well, you're being so professional to put yourself on mute while I'm talking as you are currently gorging on a pizza. What kind of pizza is it today? It's a, it's a mushroom and sweet corn one. that uh, I bought a pizza from that wonderful establishment, Aldi, and I've put my own mushroom and sweet corn on it. And I'd give it a, an 8 out of 10. That's, that's how good it is. Incredible. Right, well, as long as it's better than the stupid subways that you got. Uh, but I know this isn't the Red so Eats pod. Um, we want to talk about Celtic after a... Which was, it felt like an eternity, um, especially after that St Mirren game. And it was such a, a terrible, terrible performance. So I think we were all looking for a major reaction for the team. But before we even go into that, John, 
did you get soaked on the way to the game? Because that stupid weather, what was it all about? I mean, it was scorching when I walk up London Road. I went into Celtic Park and it was bucketing down. And by the time the teams came out again, it was scorching. Hamish and 67 Hail Hail thought that type of thing had a, an effect. I don't know if it had a major effect on the performance, but certainly on the fans being up and then down. I don't really know because through Hamish's head, but do you get what he's on about or is he just a mentalist? Um, Actually, I was lucky. I didn't get caught in the rain because by the time I got to the game, I think it was just starting to spit with rain. So I missed all that. I can't really see where Hamish is coming from and he's a, he's a good close personal friend. And normally I do uh, agree with most of what he says, but I'm not having the, the dodgy weather being a reason for... Celtic being unable to pass the ball and playing pretty rubbishy and, and missing sitters. No, I think Hamish is wrong about that, I have to say. I've got to say, I was surprised that Dyson Maeda started. It was a team that I expected, but I did expect Haxabanovic to start. I really did. Um, I was surprised that Dyson got the call. And I know that the manager has generally got things right this season. And I guess when you look at that game there, John, you can see it as well. Dyson started, but it never cost us. Uh, essentially, Celtic got the three points. I don't want to become a boo boy, but I just was more looking forward to seeing Haxabanovich, especially, John, for the way that we ended the game against St Mirren. I'm not trying to, of course, um, say there was anything positive to come out of that game whatsoever. It was 90 minutes of sheer and utter torture. But Haxabanovich, at least, was direct. It was slightly threatening, and I thought he did enough to start. On Saturday, I was surprised that Dyson Maeda was put ahead of him. And when you saw the performance that he put in, I've got to say, I think Ange got that one wrong. I think if Haxabanovich did start, we would have been a lot more threatening, a lot more aggressive, certainly. A lot more direct, and we might have been maybe a couple of more goals up getting into the break with the type of player that he is. I wasn't surprised that he started uh, Dyson, because he loves Dyson. I mean, he started him against St Mirren and he was rubbish. And he kept him in the team for the next game. And that's after he had an injury on international duty. So I wasn't really surprised about that. I was slightly surprised that we didn't try and get Abdelgard involved in the game earlier than what happened. Because I think he really needs playing time. And obviously I'll get playing time now, but we'll talk about that later. And the rest of the team was really what I expected. And thought that it'd be the usual midfielder, Hattati, O'Reilly and McGregor. And unfortunately, we're still missing our two best defenders. And I texted you during the game that you can you can even tell that even I was going to see even a team like Mullerwell. That's disrespectful. And of course, we never disrespect people in Kickpod. But when you look at the troubles that the defenders have got playing for us now, having against like teams that let's just say only the best in Scotland, then that is a concern for uh, Wednesday. We'll talk about that any other time. But no, the team was really what I expected because I know he loves. Dyson, and I think he likes him more than a badder. So I, I did think it was the sort of team that it would be. Generally, other than that, John, it was the lineup that I did expect, especially, of course, when you factor in the injuries that we've got just now with no CCV, no Starfelt, and of course, no even a GG or anything. That said, uh, that team should have had more than enough to blow away Motherwell, and it was a promising start. It was 1 0, I think, about 15 minutes or so. Ball came in when Matt O'Reilly um, got up above everyone else. Downward header was right at Liam Kelly, but I think the power in it surprised the goalie. And Kyogo scores an easy goal that he's ever likely to score. And at that moment, John, don't know about yourself, but I was expecting 
a couple of goals to follow quickly after that. When we took the lead, um, it wasn't like, you know, it was against the run of play or anything. We were certainly in control of the game. The first five minutes or so, I think Murrowell played an hour half, but they didn't really create anything. We gradually got into the game. And I think when we made it 1-0, that was it. I wasn't expecting Murrowell to even get an equaliser. I don't think anybody was, but we'll go into that shortly. First off, though, when we did score, it was definitely deserved, wasn't it? It was, because even though, as you said, Mullerwell started like the first couple of minutes in the half, they hadn't really created any chances. But then, really, neither did we until we scored the goal, and it was probably the easiest goal Hugo has ever scored for us. And like you, I was expecting and hoping to kick on, but in the first half, it didn't really happen. I mean, we had one real chance, I can think of, when Hitati had that brilliant shot. Oh, we had two chances... With Hitati off the post, brilliant shot, and with uh, JJ off the bar with that free kick, and Kyogo maybe could have scored uh, for the rebound for Hitati's shot. But really, that was the only chances, and they really came out of nothing. One was a set piece, so we were really finding it hard to create chances for open play, and that is odd when you think of how well we were playing just a few weeks ago, but we've not really kicked on since after that Shakhtar game, and I think this Marin game... I don't know what, it's like done something to the team and it shouldn't have. I don't think the break helped, but that performance was just so odd that it still seemed to affect the team on Saturday, which I wasn't really expecting. Obviously, the performance was better because we won, but in a way, it was nearly as bad because I don't really think MD played well. And if you want to talk about it now, the goal we conceded was just unbelievably odd. Very, very strange. It was a shocker. And, you know, I put out a tweet saying... Joe Hart is a couple of errors away from people maybe saying, oh, bring back Barkas or why did we let him go? Now, I put that out and I think people were seriously thinking that we missed Barkas when it was a it was a point more like, you know, the way, John, when Odson Edward had a couple of bad games or something, then people used to be screaming, going, oh, give Griffiths a go and why would we get Griffiths wasting away in the bench? Stuff like that. That was my main sort of comparison there. So I think people definitely took that the wrong way. Of course, Joe Hart is an infinitely better goalie than Vasilis Barkas, and we're definitely better off without Barkas. So I, th- I think that definitely got a reaction out of some folk. That said, I think Joe Hart in the last few games now gave him the benefit of the doubt against uh, Shakhtar. I know, John, you were heavily critical of him. I think the two goals against at Midden, you could have done better with. The second one especially, the fact that, you know, the big looping ball in there, and he's not coming out as a goalie to claim that and be dominant with it. And the first goal, you know, I think you were critical about it with the Marco O'Hara header, although I think the power of it just beat him. But certainly the second one uh, up to me. And then on Saturday, you know, a ball comes in, no pressure whatsoever on him. I don't think JJ is completely blameless either. I think obviously there's a communication breakdown there between the two players. But as a goalkeeper, John, with no marble player round about him, I'm just expecting Joe Hart to claim that one. I mean, it's really, it's like food and drink for him. It's such an easy ball to, to claim. And the fact that it results in a Murrowell equaliser and it put us on the back foot after that was just a shambles. A lot of people around me were going mental at it. It was just more disbelief from myself more than anything. If it was isolated, like if it was a, if it was a one-off, let's say if we finished the game in Paisley, get into the international break pretty strongly and we won, got the three points, you'd have maybe went, oh, these things happen in football. But after such a terrible defensive display in Paisley, and then again, we weren't fully convincing on Saturday, it does worry me going into games, not just the Wednesday, but it worries me going into future games 
without guys like CCV. I don't ever think we should be over-reliant and you should put too much into the presence of one player. But, John, I mean, we'll talk about the mistake first, but then we have to talk about just the impact that Cameron Carl Vickers has on that defence. I mean, he might not be the best player on the team, like technically, but he's up there with Callum McGregor in terms of being the most important, I think. Well, I will talk about CCB in a minute, but that mistake, I think, I, I, that that's where I was sitting at that end. Uh, where where Motherwell was shooting in the first half, or we were shooting in the second half, and it was like in slow motion watching it happen. Like, Hart went down so slowly and was desperately trying to get back. And I mean, obviously, still the first choice goalie, and the reaction to your tweet was unsurprisingly ridiculous, but that's Twitter for you. And I don't think Seagrass should be in goals yet, but this is how I think a lot of people thought Hart was going to be when he first came to Celtic, because you know there was a lot of concern that he may have been past his best and liable to make mistakes. And last season, he made very few mistakes, but it's caught him in the last couple of games. I do think he should have done much better for that goal that Shakhtar scored. I think he sort of ducked under it. I think he should have done much better. Maybe it was a wee bit harsh looking back at it with the first one goal that Marco Harris scored, but he really should have done better with the second goal. And Saturday, I thought he was poor with that goal and that incident in the second half as well, where he came for a ball, missed it, and then sort of fell over a minute later. And it wasn't a foul, even though John Beaton was crap as ever. He didn't get that one wrong. That wasn't a foul, and Hart just fell over and Motherwell could equalise. So I really think he has to help his game a bit. I mean, he's still been a good signing for us, and he's been much better than I think a lot of people thought he was going to be. But I would sort of be looking to get another goalie in for next season because I don't know if it'd have Hart to be the number one goalie next season. And on the CCV, I think he might be our most important player. I know we've always talked about how Carl McGregor's been the most important player. I think it's CCV because that defence just looks absolutely terrible without CCV. I mean, I, I don't want to be critical of Welsh and Jens that much, but neither of them were that good against Motherwell. They were both dreadful against St Mirren. I mean, I feel a bit sorry for Wales because I just don't know if he's good enough for Selick in that bit in the second half where he gave the ball right to a Motherwell player then had to take him out to get a booking. And the crowd were going ballistic at that. I just felt bad for him, really. And James, I think, is okay when he's got CCB with him because CCB can be the, the main defender. But if he's like, having to take charge, then I just don't think he's good enough. And I know we'll talk about the game on Wednesday in a wee bit, but if CCB isn't back for that, then... I think we're going to probably get hammered. Well, no hammered, but I wouldn't be confident we'd get a win or a point even. And even on even on Saturday, I mean, I know we'll talk about the St. Johnson game probably when we do the post-Leipzig uh, podcast, but I mean, we're playing St. Johnson less than 72 hours after we play Leipzig away. Okay, St. Johnson are any great shakes, but we're going to be without Cal McGregor and we could be without CCB as well, and that'll be a massive test because CCB, I think, is the most important player now. Because I think we, we should be okay most of the time without McGregor, because we've got other midfielders that can like slot in. But I just don't think we're good enough without CCV. He's even more important than Starfield, and I think Starfield has come onto a game for us. But we're missing CCV terribly, and it is, a, it is sad that one player makes such a difference, but it really is true in his case, because in the last two games, we've not looked good at all on defence, and that's against... With no, no disrespect to St. Mullen, who are third in the league now. That's a, and Motherwell, who haven't been that good this season. That's against two, like, run-of-the-mill 
Scottish Premier teams. It's not against the likes of Aberdeen or Hibs or Hearts or even Rangers who are meant to be like the bigger teams. So I think CCB is our most important player. We're missing them really, really badly. That was a poor defensive display by Jensen. Welsh, they didn't look comfortable at all. And CCB probably would have strolled it. I mean, if you look at the games, it's been him and Jensen together even, or him and Welsh. I mean, we've played well. We've not conceded that many chances. That's how important he is. If he's back, we're a far better team. Without him on the team, I'm concerned about any game we play, even St. Johnston on Saturday. So I think that just shows how massively important this is. We've not kept a clean sheet in the two games he's missed. We'll give away three goals. Okay, Wetherham was a free goal, but no, we miss him very, very badly. Not just for the defensive side, but it's the fact that with CCV, he knows how to distribute the ball very quickly too. And when you're that Celtic team, see with the midfielders we've got, John? Two of the three absolutely thrive on quick distribution for the back. The wingers then thrive on the midfield, getting it to them quickly. And guys like Kyogo can nip ahead of any of the defenders he's facing through that quickness. Um, and the quick play of the wingers just being you know, so ahead of anybody else. And we, we build for the back, we build quickly from the back under the manager. And CCV is so integral to that. And you saw that when Welsh and Jens were trying to do it, like Jens, to be fair, I think his distribution is okay, but he plays too many passes as well and puts midfielders into danger. Whereas with CCV, he seems to spot players that, you know, have that half yard of space, that haven't got a player right on them. They don't need to go back the way and they can move forward. I just noticed that so much in the past couple of games. Welsh and his distribution is terrible. It was only really like in the last 10 minutes, he put a decent wee ball through to Abada. Uh, and I think the crowd were appreciative of that. But there were so many options for him in the first half to have that type of ball out wide, and he just constantly played the safe ball like back to Jens or out to JJ, and the moves broke down time and time again. And I don't know if that's just sometimes our defenders, you know, when CCV isn't there, are terrified to make a mistake. But I would totally agree with you, John. CCV is just a, a massive, massive part of that team. And you definitely do feel it when he's not there. Dearly, dearly hoping that even John, even if he's like at sixty percent fit or something for for Wednesday, I think you've got to risk it there. Do you not? Normally, yes, but if he gets injured, then it means he's out for longer. Then no, because we've got like another twelve games to play before the World Cup, and we need him for every one of the games. I'm afraid that's how drastic it is. I mean, okay, if Starfield was back, then I think it would improve a bit as well. If it was Starfield and Wiltshire Jens, then wouldn't it be as good as CCB, but I think it would still be better than it is now. If it was 50-50, I wouldn't risk him, I have to say. Know that the Champions League is massively important for us, but we need to win on Saturday as well. And we're already without the other most important player on the team, McGregor on Saturday, so I wouldn't risk him, no unless he was like 90%, 90-95%, or even 100%, which I don't think he will be fit for Leipzig. That might be me being defeated, but I think I'm just being realistic. I mean, if we if he was fit already and everybody else was fit, then okay, then we could really go for it against Leipzig, but that's just not the way it is in here, so I wouldn't risk him, and I doubt the manager would as well. I think he probably won't play on Wednesday, unfortunately, but if it's 50-50, I probably wouldn't risk him, I have to say. Yeah, I see the opposite view from yourself there, just simply because of how big this game is and how big Europe is going to be for us this season. Uh, not even that, John, I just think without CCV, I don't want to say we'll get a hiding because I know Leipzig gubbed the team 4-0 at the weekend, but 
I think Bochum are like sitting on one point and they've conceded something like 18 goals in six games or something from what I was looking up. So, I mean, I think it was a tap-in for Leipzig and I don't think we'll get battered for now, but I just fear we'll get massively overrun and completely dominated and we'll have just no presence there whatsoever. Even if, you know, Cameron Carter-Vickers was able to start and the boost or something we'd get from it. And if we could, like, hold out to half-time... Then maybe you know that that's that's just me dreaming here at this point. I guess we don't know though until the manager names that team on Wednesday. But I just think the game is that big that if CCV has even a chance of starting it, I'd throw them in because the option of going with Welsh and Jens just fills me with dread. But but what if he got injured on that game and ended up missing weeks again? That would be just that'd be catastrophic for us in the league. I think because I don't think we're good enough to keep teams out or stop teams creating chances without CCV in the team. That's how I think Shaky be at the back without him. It doesn't matter who he's partnered with, he's the guy. And I just don't think we'd be able to cope with it in the league. I mean, I'd be worried. If he's not playing on Saturday, I'd be worried about St. Johnson. We should still win, but it wouldn't be easy. And I mean, we've not got McGregor either. And I think if we get beaten Wednesday, that the focus will go into the league. I mean, okay, we've still got a chance to finish third. And maybe even second if we don't get hammered. But I think if we get beaten Wednesday we should start to focus in the league more. I mean, we can still finish third, as I said, but the league should take precedence, and that's why I wouldn't risk CCB. If we got a long-term injury, that would be just a catastrophe for us this season. We can't, we can't risk it. I get what you're saying, because Europe is huge for us, but the league's still more important, and we are just not good enough for the new to cope with a CCV. It's amazing, really, what's happened in the last few weeks, that you go for beating Rangers 4 nothing and... We dominated Donetsk, should have won that game comfortably. And since then, we've just looked really, really bad. And OK, Ange made a messy against St. Mum with a team he picked. But a massive reason for that is no CCV. We're just nowhere near as good with him. Nowhere near. Just my personal opinion, if CCV was fit and had the chance of making it, I would risk him just for it, even just for the first half. Because it's important we set the tone and don't fall apart because gone one goal down in the first half with that defence you know that Leipzig would smell blood and they go for a second and third and I just wouldn't want a hammering especially John to a team who are in my opinion no even that much better than us I know that we've achieved way more in Europe and we've got to respect that but at the same time when I've seen Leipzig when I've seen them you know like last season against Rangers when we've went toe-to-toe with them in the past as well against the talented side um we lost 2-0 of course but we've beat them 2-1 and arguably it could have been far more. So I don't think we've got any major reason to go over there and fear them. And I think CCV would just be a boost in that starting lineup. I also take your point and see what you're saying about the long-term ramifications if things went south in that respect. But we'll talk about that towards the end and give our predictions on it. John, let's get a bit of positivity on here for the last five minutes of the show. Rio Hitati, now, I thought he was brilliant on Saturday. Yes, there's going to be games where... Hitati, I've just accepted it now, but he'll try the odd Hollywood ball. It won't come off. He will give possession away sometimes, but John, he's a far better player in that team. Celtic are a much better team when Rio Hitati's there, and I was delighted that he lasted more than his usual 60 minutes. The manager actually gave him like 80-odd, and I was so happy at that. And what a goal. I mean, I don't want to use that cliche again, a goal fit in any game, but what a strike. It's the sort of thing we've seen Rio Hitati do before, John, against Rangers against Hearts, he did it again and he also hit the post, I'd love to see him crack more for outside the area because he's got some dig on him 
and a lot of the time, John, goalkeepers aren't they going to get anywhere near that ball when he strikes it as well as what he did on Saturday? It was a tremendous goal. It was a great goal, although I do have to say it was his fault that uh, McGregor got sent off because that was a terrible, terrible pass he'd done. Although I actually think it was a harsh red card. We'll talk about that in a sec. But apart from that one pass, which I think he pulled on because he was knackered, because as you say, they played over eight minutes and he doesn't usually play that for us. I thought he was our best, probably our best player in the park. I just, it was a very strange game. We didn't play well, but we could have scored a barrel load. I mean, I don't want to talk about the game that much more, but Kyogo and Abada missed some great chances. Kyogo especially, how he missed that header. Who knows? In a game that wasn't good, it was a goal fit to win any game. It was a very strange performance and just happy to get the three points because, I mean, I put in Twitter after it, playing shit and win is a sign of champions. And as I suppose, but when he up the performances more. I don't know if McGregor's was a harsh red card. I thought it was an obvious goal scoring opportunity. And when you saw where Lewis Moat was, a couple of mere steps inwards, John. Uh, Joe Hart was way at his goal. He's going to curl that around him. That's going to be 2-2. Two, two. We are going to drop points and we're going into that game on Wednesday. Absolutely deflated. We are sitting here moaning about it. So I think McGregor did the right thing, hauling him down. He went off to an applause. I think everybody who's a football fan, John, certainly me and you, would have knew that he did the right thing. I was happy that he did it. And a lot of it came down to the fact that I know you're saying Hitati was to blame for the ball. But if you watch it again, the ball that Jens plays into Hitati, and this is what I was talking about with the distribution, Jens plays the ball into Hitati, who has a player right, right on him, pressing him. And Hitati's got no choice but to play that ball back. Now, yes, it was slack, but it was Jens that put him in that position. The end of the day, we still won, and McGregor did the right thing. But I wouldn't fully blame Hitati for that one. So watch it again, and you'll see that Jens basically put him in a position to do that. Okay, I'll do that earlier on, and apologies to Real Hitati if that is the case. I just thought it was Husk because I thought well the red card was Husk because I thought Wales was covering. But I watch it again, and as you said, McGregor done the right thing. I remember years ago, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer done similar for Man United when a Newcastle guy was running through. I think maybe Alan Shearer running through like one on one with a goal that he beat, and he made the right decision to take the red card. And I mean, it's a pity McGregor's going to be out for Saturday because he is probably Celtic's joint first most important player, but. No, he did the right thing. And John Beaton was rubbish anyway, as usual. But no, if that's the right decision, then fair enough. I know, shocker that John Beaton actually got something right. But I, I would definitely say it was a, a stonewall red card and everybody around about me said the same thing. And believe me, when John Beaton's the referee, it's the last thing everybody around about me at the games does is actually say, no, I got it right, but I did. So there we are, John. A rarity that we're... Uh, not blaming referees and cursing them on this show for once. Right, we've got a couple of minutes to go. We're going to give our predictions for the Leipzig game. Of course, we'll be around after it to talk about it and do a pod for our usual Champions League review show. I'm going to go with Leipzig to beat us 1-0, unfortunately. Dearly hope I'm wrong and I hope I look like a tool, but I think it's going to be 1-0 Leipzig. What about yourself, John? And then take it away. I can't see. I think we'll score a goal. I mean, we're still creating loads and loads of chances. I mean, it's weird, we're, still, we're scoring loads of goals, but we're still missing loads of chances. It's, this has been a weird season so far. I think it'll be... I'll be optimistic and go for a 2-2 draw, which would be a brilliant result for us because our record in Germany is poor. I think we've only beat German teams four times. 
think twenty six games we've played. German teams have beat them four times, and we've never won in Germany. So I don't know. Maybe Angel make history, and he can talk about it ad nauseum, like Lenny did when we beat when we when we beat uh, Lazio in Italy for our first ever win in Italy, and Lenny talked about it forever and ever, and probably still does. So I'm going for a two two draw, and hopefully I'm right and you're wrong, but we'll just need to see. So thanks everybody for listening. As ever, you can catch us in all the usual podcast platforms. You know where we are by now. We've been doing this podcast for long enough, nearly two years. We're, we'll need to have a second anniversary special. We'll talk about that off pod, though. Uh, you leave, catch us in all the usual places. Leave us five stars. Tell us how great we are in the reviews. Follow Stevie on Twitter and on Instagram, both at GigPod. There'll no doubt be loads of stuff, loads of tweets that people will misconstrue as ever. And we'll be back after the Leipzig game with our usual Champions League pod. So, we'll speak to you all soon. Thanks everybody for listening and hail hail. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.